Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Full Party Wipe podcast. So I'm one of your co-hosts, Chad. I'm here with my co-host, Dave. Hi. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. You know, it's a nice sunny day. I was in, about to ask. The... I was oh, about it, to ask it, how the weather is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nice and you know sunny. It's like the last sunny day. Um, we're gonna have like a week of rain after this. So, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. miserable here. Um, we get like it'll be rainy for an entire day here, and then the next day it's just like here's your thirty degree heat and just clear sky. Clear sky is nice, but the muggy, yeah. the mugginess, and the humidity. Those those uh, those rainy days though are pretty good for me right now because I've just been starting a lot of old like games and stuff so just chipping away at my backlog yeah which is perfect that's uh it's funny that you bring that up because i was just about to ask as well what have you been playing this week (laughs) i never thought you'd ask um (laughs) i haven't so i uh i signed up for game pass um they got me um they got you i signed i i Signed up for uh, a couple months of Xbox Game Pass for a dollar. Um, I thought you were gonna PC. say. I thought you were gonna say I signed my life away, but for a dollar, that's uh, <laughs> that's yeah. that's not your life. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm playing. Um, I don't have an Xbox, but I'm playing on PC. Um, so I checked out uh, three games on uh, Game Pass this week. Um, first one I jumped into. Um, I started playing Grounded. Which okay. was the, yeah, that's that, that newest, uh, I think it's Obsidian, right? It was shown yeah. during the, uh, the Xbox Games um, presentation. Yeah, we talked um, about it last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like little kids running around. Um, yeah. It's like four-player co-op. You can, like, build. It's like a survival game. Um, yeah, and uh, you get eaten by bugs a lot in this game. <laughs> um it's cool. Like it's it's early access right now. Um, it's pretty rough in some places. Like some of the optimization isn't quite there yet. And like there's the like, quote unquote like main quest that you can do. And I was playing with a friend and we got through that in about thirty minutes. But yeah, it's just like hmm? not too long then. <laughs> not too long, but then like you know you can just explore and like build stuff. And uh, yeah, man, like. This game opens up with a trigger warning for, like, people that have arachnophobia. I was going to say, it sounds pretty terrifying if you're being (laughs) eaten by giant spiders. Well, yeah, that's the thing. So in this game, there's, like, a couple different kinds of spiders. There's, like, I think they're, like, orb weavers, you know, the ones that, like, spin webs. Um, Yeah. They're they're pretty harmless. They're just, like, out during the day, too, but they just kind of stick to their own territory. But in this game, when it turns to night, that's when like these like wolf spiders come out. Oh no. And they're just they're huge. They're so big, it's stupid. And like they just they kill you in one hit. And they like pounce at you. And right now it's early access, so they can clip through walls. So like <laughs> Wow, that's terrifying. That's you're just, the you're uh, never safe. Yeah. That's the good old obsidian seal of uh, quality there. No disrespect yeah. to Obsidian, but uh, <laughs> their games are not always in the best shape. Yeah, but honestly, like I think this game is going to be really cool. I get like, um, like I'm, 
bugs freak me out. Um, and it kind of reminds me of Subnautica. Um, okay. That's like a deep sea survival game. The ocean also freaks me out, so that's where the overlap comes from. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, really cool. Cool, kind of, <laughs> I was going to say cool like aesthetic and vibe to it, but the four players that you actually play as are so annoying. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was playing kids. as, like, the stereotypical cool kid, and my friend was playing as the stereotypical, like, nerdy boy. I think and, of, like, like, the magic school bus. Like, like you're who's, like, who's the Carlos? You're dead on. Like when, yeah. when, when the little nerdy kid pulls out his like torch, he's like, yeah. Helios, guide my way. <laughs> it's just like, okay, Obsidian, like, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my kind of the, the main one I jumped into. And it was, it was really cool to like see that, um, after seeing it in the, uh, the presentation um the other two that i played i'll just go over really quickly um i played a little bit of world of horror um this is also in early access um also on game pass it's a okay i'm gonna about just i'm about to just spit a bunch of genres at you okay it's a like 2d like 8-bit point and click roguelike horror mystery game um it's inspired by like the works of uh ito jinji who's like a really cool um horror manga artist he did like some really famous ones like there's one called spiral highly mm. recommend people check it out um yeah it's cool you you play as like a random character and you get like random mysteries you have to solve in this town um and yeah, it's just got, like, a really cool, like, kind of chunky, like, aesthetic. Like, it's got that, like, good kind of crushed 8, or, yeah, like, 8-bit kind of chiptoonish music. Um, mm. It's, like, 1980s Japan is the vibe. Oh, I dig that, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, It's just, it's kind of, it, it also just feels like it's early access, because, like, you'll be going on a mystery and, like, exploring an apartment building and kind of getting, like, you get attacked by like random events like oh there's this creepy lady that has like no face and carries scissors and attacks kids um Jeez. it's just like weird weird like kind of like horror tropes but yeah like right now like let's say you're exploring one area you're like still getting events for like other areas so the kind of sense of flow is kind of weird um but it's a cool game. It's it's like all modular too. So as they just add new stories to the game um, in development, like you'll just get to kind of try those ones out. Um, and yeah, since it's randomized, like every playthrough is different. Um, not a bad idea to jump in on that one on early access. I was kind of hesitant. Um, yeah, it runs just, well though. Oh yeah, like it's like. I think you could run this game on like a calculator. <laughs> like oh, okay. Like, <laughs> like, That's good. Yeah, like it's 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 like point and click adventure. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess one thing I was gonna ask before you talk about the the third game, maybe this ties mm -hmm. into that as well. But when I know you're running primarily on like a gaming laptop, right? Do you find mm -hmm. that that inhibits the kind of games that you can play with with Games Pass? Um, no, I can pretty much play, like, 
Like, like if I wanted to play newer games on Games Pass, there's like Gears Five and stuff, right? Like, right. I I need to play that on like low for sure. But um, yeah, but no, I don't have any problem. Like, I can run Sea of Thieves on like max settings. Okay, and I guess yeah. there's like a a sizable amount of these these um well obsidian's game isn't an indie game per se but like games that are you know less demanding than like your typical blockbuster oh major blockbuster title there's there's a lot of games like that i guess there's a huge mix of games on there like okay i've got you've got like bleeding more like bleeding edge like new games as well as like weird little indie titles um yeah it's cool i think like game pass is Really cool, um, good good value, especially on PC. It's only uh, five bucks a month on PC, mm. um, as opposed to I think it's like fifteen sixteen ninety nine in Canada um, for the Xbox One. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. the third game I played, I just wanted to jump in really quickly. Um, I was actually streaming this game um, over at uh, Full Party Wipe on Twitch TV. Um, I was playing Void Bastards. Um, oh do, yeah, do you know anything this, about this game? Oh yeah, I've yeah. seen it, uh, or I've seen yeah. I've seen screenshots of it. I don't think I've seen it in motion, but I know yeah. what it is. Yeah, so this one's also a roguelike. It's uh, it's kind of like Quake meets like FTL, with like a little bit of like System Shock thrown in. Um, right. Yeah, you're playing as like this disposable like prisoner sent on like a space voyage. Um, and you're exploring all of these like kind of random generated ships um, and collecting like scraps from them, um, and then you like can build new weapons and tools and stuff that make your uh, your journey a little bit easier. And then like if that character dies, um, you lose that character, but anything you've like and you and you start back at like the start of the 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 map, but all the stuff you built you get to keep. So you're oh, kind of just cool. stronger every time, yeah. And like each character has like different traits. So like uh, my first guy, Stevens, he was a smoker, um, and like so you're exploring a ship. But since Stevens is a smoker, he's coughing all the time. Uh, and, uh, so that gives him away. That gives his position away. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah, just really cool game. Really cool, like aesthetic. Um, as much as I like. <laughs> loathe to say this it's got like a really like rick and morty aesthetic going to I it. see okay um, I I thought yeah. does it does it not have maybe I'm thinking of a different game but is there kind of like a like a Lovecraftian style to it like you've got some yeah. some squidmen or yeah, <laughs> some yeah 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 mind There's flares like, the warp like space is kind of like mutated people I um, see but it's like, yeah, it's it's more like played for comedy than like. Okay. Okay. Like, there's these little guys called tourists, and they're just like these little blue blobs wearing cowboy hats, um, and they oh, just, no. they like when you get close to them, they just get scared and explode. Um, <laughs> but they say like, <laughs> they were kind of freaking me out because it's like body horror vibes. They're like, no, help me! And then they like make like this gross like squishy sound and. Yeah, they explode. explode. Good, good fun though. I'll definitely be probably streaming more of that uh, this week. So tune in over if at, you want to. Yeah, over at Full Party Wipe Twitch Twitch TV slash Full Party Wipe. Yeah. yeah. Um, check out yeah. Void Bastards. Void Bastards. I might play a little bit more World of Horror too. Um, 
Mm -hmm. It's good fun. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. Um, how about you, Chad? I've been chipping away at the backlog some more. I think mm -hmm. now this this portion of the show is just going to be an update on where I am in my backlog. I've made a list of like all the games that I want to work through as we're in the midst of this global pandemic. Um, <laughs> but I've been playing through more Spider-Man. I'm right at the end. We're so close to the end now. Um, since the last time we talked, I took down Rhino and Scorpion. There's nice. a boss battle. One thing that's cool with this game, I think I mentioned to you this before, but you're playing as like a much older, a much more mature Peter Parker. So you've kind of already taken care of these supervillains. You've put them away in Raft. Um, you know, they've been imprisoned up until now, and now they've broken out towards the end of the game. So when you fight most of the supervillains, you're actually fighting them two at a time. So you fight Rhino and Scorpion together, you fight Vulture and Electro together. I think I mentioned that last week, but the cool thing with the Rhino and Scorpion boss battle is that you actually have to get them to like hit each other in order to cool. do damage to them. Um, so like Scorpion will kind of he he shoots his like his poison at you, and then you kind of have to like bait him onto the ground because he's like climbing up on walls and stuff. So you mm -hmm. bait him onto the ground, and then you, you shoot him with your web. Uh, and then, um, I've got a joke about that later. Um, but then <laughs> you get, you get, um, you have to get, like, Rhino to charge into him, basically. Um, and then it's the I same with can, Rhino. I can picture that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rhino, Rhino to charge into stuff. Yeah, um, and then it, it works the same with Rhino. You, it's actually, you can, you can, like, intertwine them, kind of. Um, so... On the flip side, you can stun Rhino using parts of your environment. And uh, you can kind of like stop Ron, Rhino in his, in his path. And you can get, you can bait Scorpion to shoot him with his poison. So he can like, he can accidentally shoot Rhino with his poison. And then that basically like whatever path you take. You, that's how you end the boss battle, I guess, at the end. Um, it's not like your typical boss battle. There's no HP bar or anything, but cool. it's a it's a neat encounter. Um, again, it's the same with Vulture and Electro. They kind of tie into each other. So it's cool that um, that uh, they, they thought out these boss battles. There's also, before you fight Rhino and Scorpion, there's a cool segment i'm not a huge fan of these segments normally in this game but there are parts in it where you play as either mj where you're like sneaking around or you're playing as like miles where you're sneaking around and they're not usually that good because you're not playing as spider-man you just kind of want to get back to playing as spider-man like it yeah. feels it feels so good to play as spider-man in this game so when they take it away from you and you just have to play as like a normal human i see what they're trying to do with it but it just yeah. makes it feels weird. It's like I just I just want to play as Spider Man. I just want to jump around. There are even parts where you're playing as Peter, but he's just like normal Peter Parker. Um, he's he's doing science stuff and like <laughs> that's that's not. It's not as jarring as sneaking around, I guess, because those are normally like story segments. You can't yeah. fail those segments as well, but you can fail the stealth segments, and yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. super great. So if you have to redo them over and over, you yeah, get that's tired of them. Yeah. But 
one of the segments, it's probably the best one so far, is um, before you actually fight Rhino, there's a part where you're sneaking around as Miles looking for medicine, and you have to uh, avoid Rhino. Rhino, like, kind of catches on to you. You're in the same area as him, and he's, like, charging through these crates and stuff. He's looking for you. He's shouting, like, where are you? And you kind of have to, like, avoid him. You have to bait him into, like, there are parts where... Um, maybe your path is clear is not clear, and you have to get Rhino to like charge through some crates and <laughs> like it's clear just, the... <laughs> like every every time Rhino is used. Like it's just, yeah, like that's yeah. all you can do with him. Like yeah. you got to make him charge in this stuff. He's not that's the most uh, he's not the most interesting villain, I guess. Yeah. But they tried. Yeah. But it, it's cool because like there is a sense of like uneasiness throughout that entire bit because you're just worried like where is he going to come from. I imagine mm. if you're playing that part with like proper headphones on or if you have like surround sound, it probably sounds even better as well because you can kind of hear them in the background. Full um, 3D rhino. Yeah. yeah, yeah, full 3D rhino effects. Um, but um, one of the, there's just a couple of other things that I wanted to mention too. Um, uh, we've talked about this before, but the, the J. Jonah Jameson podcasts are great. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think it's, I forget the name of the voice actor. It's, uh, he does the voice of like Bato in like Ghost in the Shell. I forget the oh, name yeah, of yeah. the English voice actor. Oh, He's yeah, in a like ton him, of yeah. things, but yeah. he does a really good job with J. Jonah Jameson's uh, podcast, which will occasionally like chime in. Um, but there was a part where um, he's talking about like, uh, you're, you're working alongside, um, uh, Spider-Man like has has basically there there's certain characters in this game who he's like let free, um, and J. Jonah Jameson is talking about how like he isn't a fan of that. Like, no, she was a criminal. Like, why would you why would you do that? Why would you like not bring them into the police? And J. Jonah Jameson's like, I know why. It's because he's thinking with his web shooter. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes off. Hey, oh, yeah, no, it's uh, it sounds very corny when I say it, but he delivered funny. it, he delivers yeah. it very well. Um, and the other, uh, speaking of, of quips, um, I don't know if you know about this, but you know how you can get like different costumes and stuff in this game, yep. right? Um, so, uh, one of the costumes is you can get that like cell shaded comic book style Spider Man right. costume, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, each costume that you unlock in this game comes with a special ability, um, and his is the best one. Um, what does it do? It's just quips. Um, That's it? You, you have yep, a quip button? Yep. It, your, your special ability becomes quips, and they increase the damage that you do by a lot. Um, when you're kind of choosing your loadout for like how you want Spider-Man to be outfitted, like, do you want him to be more stealth oriented? Do you want him to have good offense or good defense or good traversability? If you equipped like the, the quip special ability, it just like raises your offense like a ton because using quips just like allow you to do so much damage. I'm playing on the the highest difficulty that they have available. Yeah. I'm almost like the max level. They recommend this too. Like most journalists when I when this game came out said like once you get towards the end of the game, raise the difficulty because otherwise you just it's way too easy. 
but yeah. even like now it feels way too easy <laughs> with this because with True. quips you just do so much damage um and the combat is fun but not super deep uh yeah. so by the end of the game even if you're playing on uh they call it spectacular uh difficulty yeah. it's not more super games hard. need uh quip buttons for sure That's yeah it. no they do for <laughs> sure uh add that in Add that into a uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just okay. uh, you could have Jin say like a quip every now and then when he's <laughs> not thirsting re for revenge. Um, but uh, we're not thirsting for revenge over here. We're all positive. We're thinking positive over here. Speaking of thinking positive, <laughs> some weird self therapy. <laughs> what is this segue? Okay. This is the uh, this is the stat boost. So. <laughs> With the stat boost, every week we like to talk about a piece of news that has gotten us inspired. It's inspired us for the week. It's gotten us looking forward, looking ahead to the future. So Dave, what has boosted your stats this week? Yeah, um, I'm taking a big sip of... Um, I mentioned a few weeks ago, was that last week? The, uh, the Kickstarter announcement for this new Suikoden, yeah. Auden Chronicle. Um, yeah, the Kickstarter launched for this game. Um, it's it's a really cool like throwback JRPG to a series called Suikoden, as I mentioned like on on the last episode. Um, yeah, the original creator is coming back to do an independent one um, without the the talons of Konami um, <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, you won't yeah, have so any they, sports clubs in this game. Exactly. They announced the uh, Kickstarter on the 27th, or the, they launched the Kickstarter, I should say, um, with a, a pretty uh, modest goal of like $500,000 um, US dollars. They hit that goal in like two hours. <laughs> um, Very they, they quickly. Actually, yeah, this, this Kickstarter actually crashed the website for a little bit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're sitting right now at uh, over $3 million dollars with 28 days remaining still so like <laughs> pretty good like yeah really good and um, it's nice too i just wanted to just say how much i admire the actual campaign page itself um it feels like a really safe investment to make um the stretch the stretch the stretch goals the stretch goals are all very um modest like it's it's really doable things in the campaign page too they talk about like how like they don't want to make stretch goals that are actually gonna like hinder the development of this right or like like weird special edition deliverables like t-shirts and statues and stuff because that just like really pulls away from like the actual using that money on on the actual development of the game um yeah they just they they really seem to know what they're doing with this, and it just seems like a really realistic uh, scope for the campaign. Yeah. Um, really looking forward to it, though. It's it's been confirmed to have uh, well, like the the kind of staple of the series for Suikoden is recruiting all these party members, and uh, mm -hmm. the thing with this game is that there there is one hundred characters. There are going to be more now. Actually, I think it's up to about one hundred and eight. Because wow. they've been hitting stretch goals. Um, that's like yeah, and you're gonna be able to like. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was gonna say that's like Chrono Cross levels. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, 
what I like about this one was like you'll be able to use six characters at a time in battles and stuff and like okay it just honestly just check out this Kickstarter page like, this game looks so cool um, yeah the um, when it comes to Kickstarters often like the ones that have actual like outlined concrete goals uh, I mean you would you would think that this is <laughs> most people would know this but um, yeah those tend to be the ones that actually go the most smoothly um, mm-hmm. if they have these goals outlined I, I kind of had a good feeling honestly because last week you mentioned that they announced that the Kickstarter page would be going up and I think they waited a day right like it was a couple t- days I think but yeah. Like, yeah so the fact that they the fact that they announced it and then didn't try to immediately hop on to the hype like within the, that first you know that first hour kind of like yeah. you know here's the announcement okay now give us give us your money i do, not in that way but you know like like yeah, typically yeah, yeah. it reminds me of like like Shenmue 3 when Shenmue 3 was announced at E3 they dropped the the kickstarter within like uh, minutes basically yeah. so the fact that they waited i think shows that they clearly have like a set goal in mind they yeah. know what they're doing um and uh hopefully we'll be playing this game before too long yeah i just wanted to say one interesting thing about the page as well um it's coming out on pc um and like other consoles like xbox one you know series x ps4 ps5 and something that they highlighted as well is like part of the scope for the stretch goals could be nintendo's next generation console um, they're not saying that, like, they, they say that, like, they don't know anything, but basically mm-hmm. just that, like, this game can't come to Switch, unfortunately. It's just, like, it won't uh, be feasible. Um, yeah. Or just maybe, like, they don't want to take the time to um, port it, like, well to the Switch, just on that different hardware. Mm-hmm. But they said, like, hopefully there's something akin to, like, a Switch 2 coming <laughs> eventually it's, and they can port it to that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's on the way. There's going to be, like, a Switch Pro, I'm sure, at some point. But... Someday, probably, yeah. But, yeah, um, I'm just super hyped for that and, like, really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, but so that's just going to be something to keep, keep our eyes on um, moving forward. Um, yeah, but how, how about you, man? What's, uh, what's got you boosted? Uh, this isn't something that it will necessarily get me excited. It's something that raised my spirits. It's something that actually already happened. Uh, <laughs> did you know, <laughs> did you know, Dave, that this week, well, last week, I guess, we have achieved total nuclear disarmament, but not that's, in, in real world, not in the real oh. world, not in the real world. <laughs> Because 2020 uh, can't be that good. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, well, see, when I saw this news headline, I thought, like, oh, well, some good news for once. Uh, no, in um, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, uh, the PlayStation 3 version of this game on July 27th achieved full nuclear disarmament. Uh, so if you haven't played The Phantom Pain, um, there's a multiplayer aspect. Uh, there's a multiplayer mode where you operate something called like an FOB. I guess it's called Forward Operating Base. I just called them FOBs. Um, this allows you to kind of like, similar to a Souls game, you can 
invade other players' games and their bases and uh, steal their stuff. Um, One of the main things that you can have, like, basically with your base that you can build is you can build nuclear weapons. If you have a nuke, um, basically it, it, uh, it, it... deters people from going to invade your your base basically um nukes in this game you can you can acquire them you can build them they cost a ton to build um but uh they do prevent like your base from being invaded no one will invade and and steal your stuff or they'll be a little bit more wary about doing so um but um, when this game dropped all the way back in 2015, some people kind of peered through the, the resource files. They peered through, like, the, the PC version of the game came out not too long after, so they were actually able to see that there is an additional ending, or there's an mm. additional cutscene uh, that I think people were just calling, I think it's just called, like, Peace, the Peace right. ending. Um, which can only be triggered once every single player in the world has basically has no nuclear like nuclear weapon left, yeah. um, which is you know nigh impossible because yeah exactly right <laughs> um, yeah. every single person like you know how many people are playing this game there's no way that there's there's no way that you could get every single person to not have a nuke. Well, you guarantee there's like one guy too that's just like no. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> He's building exactly. these nukes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, uh, on July 27th, the PS3 version of this game. So this game had a PS3 slash PS4 version. I guess we should mm-hmm. state that this is exclusively for the PS3 version. Um, PS3 players, if they're still around, <laughs> PS3 players of Metal Gear Solid Five were surprised when they logged in and had this cutscene triggered for them. This happens when you log in. Uh, actually, a couple of years ago, the PC version accidentally triggered this cutscene for everyone who's playing on PC. It was a false positive. Oh, yeah, I do positive, know, but it's so funny. Like, yeah. Do you know why it got triggered? I don't. I can't remember. It was... So, the, the PC version a few years ago triggered the cutscene because there were so many nukes that it rolled the counter over. Oh, I see. Um, so it and went it, back so like to a second it, was at, it thought that it was at zero. That's <laughs> funny. So it's the opposite of what you would expect. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. kind of like, that's perverse in a way. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I like yeah. this one. I like that better. No, yeah, it's yeah. Um, uh, just <laughs> hilarious though. Um, but I guess it, it raised my spirits because we're. I think we're both fans of these long-term payoffs like this is a game that came out in 2015 back then i think most people have who are interested in this game have seen that ending because they've peered through the files they've seen it on youtube like everyone put it on youtube so it is a shame i guess that we kind of exist in this world now where secrets like that can be just kind of shared to youtube it's cool that that you know, we got to see it so many years ago, but could you imagine if, like, if this was, like, the early 90s and, like, suddenly we, we just log into this game or, like, we if we heard about it on the news, like, hey, log into Metal Gear Solid Five, like, there's a brand new cutscene. Um, yeah. The fact that, like, this was put in the game in 2015 and we're now finally actually seeing, like, 
<laughs> the the fruits of everyone's hard work, like the fruits of their labor. Um, five years later is, I don't know, it, it boosted me for this week. This isn't something yeah. that we're looking forward to, I guess. But um, the topic of today's discussion, we're going to be talking a little bit about PlayStation games. The Phantom Pain was a game that I think for a time was pretty significant to both of us. It's not yeah. a game I'm going to talk about personally. I, I don't know about you, Dave, but uh, it's not a game nope. I'm going to talk about personally. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's kind of nice to be reminded of like, oh, the Phantom Pain was in the news this week. Like, you know, it was nice yeah. to see that. It was nice to be reminded of that game. So that's, yeah, yeah. it's got me boosted. Yeah, I dig that. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess leading right along into the main discussion, the main encounter for this week. Um, so last week we had our first peak, well, not our first peak, but our first big peak at the Xbox Series X and the some of the first party games that are going to be coming out for it. Last month or two months ago, I guess now, we got our first look at the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. I was talking with you, Dave, earlier this week about how now that we have Ghost of Sushi, Ghost of Tsushima, sorry, I can't speak, okay. Ghost, one ghost, singular ghost of Tsushima. It's <laughs> a tricky title, yeah. Yeah, it's not a, yeah. Uh, one ghost of Tsushima uh, has come out. We have Last of Us Part Two. We still have Cyberpunk in the fall, but for the most part, it feels like we've Kind of, we're kind of seeing the sunset. We're riding off into the sunset with this generation. I don't yeah, know if you would agree. It definitely feels like it's winding down. Um, yeah, we're kind of full steam ahead now. Again, we still have Cyberpunk to look forward to. I don't know about you personally, Dave. I think that's probably going to be something that I would like to play on a next-gen console anyway. I'm waiting for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so really, when you're looking at, like, the Switch obviously is it's a bit of a gray area because that the the Switch's life to, a cycle is certainly not over yet. But for yep. the PlayStation Four and for the Xbox One, <laughs> the Xbox One, um, uh, things are kind of wrapping up. So what I wanted to do for this week's main discussion, the main encounter, was to just bring three games that are maybe the most significant to you. These don't necessarily have to be the best three games of the console generation. And I think with you and me especially, these are probably going to be games that we played on PlayStation 4. Um, But I'm pretty open-ended. You know, these can be PlayStation 4 games. They can be exclusives. They can be on PC as well, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Just whatever was the most significant to you within these past five to six years kind of reminisce on this, this generation of video games and what were the three most important to you. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's been just... It's been a hell of a, a generation. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, like, we can just go one one and one here. Um, yeah. I'll go and first, if, we, um, if we have any, too, that we may have some that carry over, like, we may mm-hmm. have some identical picks, so maybe we can just chime in at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, me personally, I'm actually going to kind of go through these, through these in terms of significance to me. Okay. Um, 
So I'm going to start at the bottom here. Uh, I'd say like the, the third most significant game this generation for me was honestly probably uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, uh, yes, yeah. I I think that this game was like... I think this, this game is the best example of like what this hardware can do. Mm -hmm. um, it's just... I should say like what this hardware and also like millions and millions of dollars yeah man hours yeah crunch yeah yeah like just this horrible like bloody development period that yeah killed people but like yeah it's just this huge open world like just production values like beyond anything i've ever seen in a game before like people are still just discovering crazy little details like yeah about this game um and it honestly just it brought to me probably my favorite video game protagonists of all time um like the main character arthur morgan is just just the most like incredible character um yeah just struggling with this like internal conflict of uh like what what's the right thing to do and like where his like devotions lie um yeah and it's just it's a story about like loyalty and like family and 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 just that the way he struggles with his morality and the way that the game can be interpreted and interpreted in so many ways like this character like you can play the game just straight up as a monster um, yeah and all like there's completely different dialogue like it's uh, this mm -hmm. character just completely performs differently through the game um depending on how you play it and i just i just thought that that was just a mind-blowing like truly like quote unquote like next gen experience um, yeah it fit his character regardless of what actions you decided to take yeah and like, like i think and I think too, like Red Dead Redemption One was such a it was such a keystone game for for the previous generation for a lot of people, and it was just really cool getting this game. Um, yeah, Rockstar is you... really only only game this gen like yeah, on this yeah. hardware. Yeah, and I was I was gonna say real quick though, did you have a moment where were you kind of like me where you didn't think that Arthur was was going to supersede John for you because I did have that yeah. like that yep. strong connection with Red Dead Redemption 1 as well yeah. and I remember seeing John and thinking like oh it's John and it's you know it's really preying on that nostalgia but yeah yeah um, yeah I guess I always yeah I respect a game so much to give you a new protagonist that you didn't want um, but then you actually end up liking more than the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess... Just Arthur yeah. Morgan, man. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, any any time, like, um, you know, if there was ever, a, like, a focus on John in that game, I was always just thinking, like, oh, just go back, just give me more Arthur. Like, that's yeah. that's what I care more about at this point. Yeah, and then, yeah, you know, when you do get a little bit of a shift towards John at one point in the game, it's uh, it's done in such a beautiful way, and it's uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to that one. I'm hoping, I, well, I mean, it definitely is going to get some kind of like boost patch for the PS5, but I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, look, I'm really looking forward to revisiting that game. Um, yeah. yeah. But that, it just, yeah, it really, it just really wowed me as to what this hardware can do. And honestly, it's still in a lot of ways more impressive than a lot of the things that I've seen on that. Yeah. As of, as of yet. Our next gen, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I guess, like, one thing I wanted to bring up about it, too, was just, um, this could be, like, in reality, this could be the last Rockstar game of this caliber that we see. Mm. Many people have been talking about this, and this is for the better, like, this is absolutely for the better, but, like you said, a lot of crunch, a lot of man hours, a ridiculous amount of money went into this game, um, just the product of like so many people's blood, sweat, and tears, um, almost to an unreasonable degree. And yeah. now that like the former head of, of Rockstar has departed, mm-hmm. and it sounds like Rockstar is going undergoing some serious work culture reform to try yeah. and help balance their their work and their personal life there. I some people have been wondering like, are we ever going to see? a complete out-of-the-box game like this ever again from rockstar like more than likely more than likely like grand theft auto 6 could be maybe like an online service type of game i was gonna say like what what's making them all the money now yeah yeah yeah. and like people aren't really playing red dead online as much like no yeah yeah so the the i guess like if if this is, you know, the last kind of Rockstar game that we do get like this, then what a hell of a way to, to go out, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It, oh, man. GTA Five is going to be Rockstar's, like, probably number one source of income across three generations. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's insane. It's, it's crazy. <sighs> Just makes yeah. so much money. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was uh yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2. Good stuff. Yeah. Um one of the games I wanted to bring um is a game that by all accounts shouldn't exist. Uh actually when I looked at my three games, I didn't look at maybe what was what was the most significant, what was the second most significant, what was the third That's fine. most. I picked I picked games from 2015, 2017, and 2019. So I kind of tried to space them out every two years. So my game from 2017, like I said, uh, should should not exist. Uh, It was announced at E3 2005. uh, Sorry, 2015, not 2005. (laughs) It was announced. It was announced 15 years ago. No, 2015. there were a ton of games announced there. We had Final Fantasy VII Remake was announced for, you know, the first time. We had The Last Guardian reemerge. We had Shenmue Three show up as well. Um, but I think what was the most surprising for me personally was the announcement of a new Nier game. Um, so uh, I'm talking about Nier Automata. Uh, like I said, Automata. the fact Automata <laughs> Automata Automata. Um, yeah, sorry. Near two, um, <laughs> the the fact that this game exists is a miracle. When you look at the sales and just general reception of the first game, um, 
the entire reason this game exists, I guess, for those who aren't aware, was that Yosuke Saito, he's a big wig over, uh, over at Square, um, he said, like, I want to work with Yoko Taro, please give this man the budget to make a game, and they gave him a game. Uh, they gave him a dream team to create a sequel to a game that not a whole lot of people played. Um, so Yosuke Saito worked with him on it. Uh, a sequel, a sequel to a game that kind of sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If if we're being honest, like the first near was, it was a seven out of 10. Uh, uh-huh. maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe a seven out of 10, <laughs> but like, you, yeah, you don't want to maybe go back to that the way it is. Um, but I mean, they gave him they gave him Akiko Yoshida, like she's the character designer for Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy fourteen, and I think Bravely Default as well. So it's like, here's your ridiculously talented character designer. Um, the composer carried over from the original near it's Keiichi Okabe um, and Yoko Taro at the helm, of course. Um, I, I really feel like maybe the best thing about this game is that I wouldn't say it made Yoko Taro, Yoko Taro a, a household name necessarily, but people are paying attention to this mm-hmm. man now. Uh, he is now, like, when you think of, like, like Hideo Kojima, like a Hideo Kojima game, I feel like maybe, again, it doesn't have that mainstream appeal quite yet, but you can say like this is a Yoko Taro game. Like um, yeah. he just recently had a new game release on smartphones, and like because his name is attached to it, I feel like way more people are checking it out. I'm um, playing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot that we could talk about with this game, but I guess the the main points that stood out for me is that you're you're looking at. Uh, some of the best side quests, maybe in an RPG period. The yeah. fact that most of these side quests didn't even really provide you with like 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 a in-game monetary value or upgrades. It's just the fact that these they were all super well written and super yeah, I, appealing. Yeah, they were like really well written. I don't know if I'd say like like in terms of playing them. I don't know if they're the best side quests. Yeah, yeah. In like terms of playing stuff. them, no. But yeah. they you you wanted to complete them, I guess, is where, yeah, I'm, yeah, where yeah, I'm going yeah, at. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're maybe not quite the level of, like, Witcher 3 or something <laughs> like that. But the fact that like, it's a pretty basic game. Like, there's you know, it, it's got very good combat. It's got... All, incredible visual style and music mm-hmm. but considering the fact that they were able to carry most of these side quests just on pure charm alone yeah. is an accomplishment um loved all the throwbacks to the original near uh yeah. at towards the end of the game you know like you said even if that game isn't it doesn't hold up super well today yeah uh, the fact don't spoil, that do not spoil near on this podcast yeah no don't spoil <laughs> it uh, but yeah no um it meant a lot to me because i think it the the main thing is that it really has propelled yoko taro into uh, a much bigger spotlight than he was before so i'm very happy yeah, man. for that yeah oh, we've got that tie-in such... we've got that tie-in with final fantasy 14 as well you wouldn't have had that if it weren't for this game 
So yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. Oh, that's a good pick, my friends. Mm. Good name. Um, yeah. So my my next pick, um, <clears throat> bit of a smaller title, um, really small title actually. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably not even a title at all. This game was announced pretty early on um, in the generation. Um, it was actually the first thing I downloaded on my, my PS4 when I bought it. Um, and I think that this game changed the way we kind of look at video game reveals. Um, and it also... It was also really just significant to me on how big streaming culture had become mm-hmm. and a resurgence of a beautiful genre by a AAA studio that had this genre had kind of been sleeping in the past uh, few few years. Um, it was put the title to bed. Is, the, the title is PT. Um, Ooh. You know, this is, of course, yeah, playable teaser. Hideo Kojima yeah. helming a the development for a new Silent Hill game um, that, you know, was cancelled, obviously. Um, but what I think was really cool about this game was it was it was like an it, it was an experimental video game reveal. They put this demo up um, by this fake studio. Yeah. No one really knew what it was, <clears throat> and just kind of let streamers do their thing, and like uncover this puzzle, <clears throat> a really obtuse puzzle that ended up revealing that this game was uh, Silent Hills. Um, and I and, just and that Hideo Kojima was involved with it, right? Because exactly, I don't think right? He, I don't think he no. announced it was that obscure studio at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was also just like the first thing that we got to see with like the Fox engine. Um, yeah, and it it was just cool to me how this kind of started off the generation for me, um, and it was just something that that's had such so many ups and downs right like it got cancelled and there was so much heartbreak around that mm-hmm. um, and then leading into when Kojima came back with his own studio mm-hmm. and unveils a new game that has Norman Reedus as the lead with Del Toro as a character and it's just like oh my god like we're back um, but yeah it, it just it just really hit me as like developers now really going for that excitement and like kind of react culture for game reveals um when you talk about streaming too like yeah i feel like this generation has been known for like the rise of streaming exactly right yeah. yeah and i feel like this this kind of it's it's been such it's been so like synonymous with the return of horror like Prior to this, we had like games like yeah, like Amnesia, um, Outlast, or like uh, a huge one for streaming early on was like Five Nights at Freddy's, um, yeah. and like those were cool. Those are cool games to watch. It's like fun horror. Um, PT was like, okay, here's that with a lot of money now. Yeah, next and then level. It, yeah, kind of got it. Kind of felt like it got the ball rolling, and then I feel like it kind of inspired. Um, Capcom to do a similar thing with The Kitchen. It was like a VR demo for this horror game, and it was like, what is this? What is this? Oh, it's 
Resident Evil 7. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's felt like a really cool comeback for horror. And it's a genre that I really love. And, um, yeah, you know, we might be looking at um, Kojima making a new horror game moving forward. Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned Jinji Ito earlier yep. today. Um, and they've been kind of flirting with the idea of, I mean, I guess Junji Ito's come out and said, like, he's not working on anything at the moment. But uh, the fact that, you know, they're kind of flirting with the idea, the fact that it's making its way to the news, like, yeah, there has to be something there. Yeah, they've been talking. Yeah, it's, something is coming. I can feel yeah. it. And like, I feel too, like, I don't want to take up too much time on this just very quickly, like. Yeah, no, go ahead. I think, I think like, Kojima's return, like, I don't know if you make a new studio. I don't know how safe it is to make a horror game as your first game. But no, I feel like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like he's going kind of through and checking boxes on, like, delivering what, what we wanted, kind of, with um, Metal Gear Solid V and with the announcement of P.T., like he's given us Norman Reedus, we got Del Toro, we got like a semi-horror experience, um, and we got some of like the vibes. But I feel like he just he hasn't delivered on like the pure horror yet. No, yeah, not and I quite. Feel like, but now that his studio has like made a name for itself, I feel like having your second title be a horror title is like, boy, like. Yeah, this I is kind of where he should he should branch out a little bit more. Like, yeah. P.T., it's funny because P.T. was already wild, like, just in terms of, like, what that game is. Like, if you explain yeah. it to someone who has no idea. But yeah. I think there's even more in the tank for Kojima in terms yeah. of, like, his creative ability. So yeah, That was one room. That game was yeah. one room. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. 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 Oh, P.T., good stuff. Yeah. Um, still on my hard drive. Yeah. Uh, same too thing. afraid to play it. Too afraid to play it. Um, but one game that I was not afraid to play, uh, I'm actually glad that you mentioned that as the second one because my my second game is also horror-themed. Um, I should mention that I don't typically do well with horror games. Uh, yeah, I'm whether surprised it's survival that you're bringing horror. this to the table, Chad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, PT is not my second choice, but... One game that I had the, I guess I had the the guts to jump into in 2019 was the Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, this is the game that I'm bringing as my, my second game here today. Um, yeah, no, just kind of instantly, upon starting that game, instantly jumping into it, I think I shut off all of the lights at home, I put my headphones on, I had 3D audio and everything. Um, just have never felt so immersed. I was terrified as I was playing through this game because I don't oh, yeah. typically do well. I don't do well with like jump scares or things like that. And those are in this game. They're not super terrible, but I didn't know that at the time. And so just that, that fear of the unknown. This has kind of helped me really start to get into Resident Evil a little bit more. Um, maybe before it wasn't always my thing, uh, but after having played Resident Evil 2 and appreciating like the horror aspects of it, but also just like the general campiness of the story, 
Um, mm. It's so cheesy. Like the voice acting is great. It's yeah. like I love that aspect of it as well. Um, but just an incredibly memorable setting. Um, you know, the Raccoon City Police Station having Mr. X follow you around, giving him this really smart but like fair AI that mm-hmm. I guess is similar to I personally never played um uh the there was an alien game earlier on in the generation I can't remember its subtitle at the moment Air, alien isolation right isolation yeah uh didn't play that but from what I'm told it's kind of works off of it like a similar system so you've got Mr. X and he's he's roaming around Raccoon City Police Department um, yeah, he just like comes after you like pretty much randomly, right? Like he kind of, yeah. But yeah. there are things that you can do that will alert his AI to you. So if you fire a gun like in the in the opposite side of the of the police station, then he will begin to head in that area. Cool. Um, if you run, I think too, if you're sprinting, he can hear that as well. If he's like on the floor beneath you, so he's moving around, and you can hear him. You can hear him. This is why like headphones are essential as well. Um, you can hear him if he's getting closer, um, and if he has basically pinpointed your location to a particular room, he will explore that room exclusively for you he will stick around in that room until his ai has like an indication that you're somewhere else um so it's fair but it's it's really smart as well um so yeah i I mean i love that aspect of it maybe now that a year has passed you've it's easy to find ways to to play around with mr x and to to get around him very easily but at the time when it launched it was all people were talking about i feel yeah, like I, all I feel the like memes that's a, i feel like that's a really good point like to bring up is like i think that and i'm glad that you brought up the alien from alien isolation as an example mm-hmm. like just kind of really good enemy ai um and and the the improvements that have been made with that this generation like i don't know about mr x but i do know that like the alien and alien isolation like it it learns mm-hmm. um like if you hide in lockers more often, it checks those more. And like, yeah, like it, it's just really cool to see that this gen. So like, that's a really good highlight. Um, yeah, dynamic just, AI. I, yeah, man. Thinking and adapting. Really, I guess as as a whole, like this entire generation has been such a redemption arc for Capcom as a studio. <laughs> um, and I feel like maybe Resident Evil Two. I don't know. I mean, Monster Hunter World, I, I wanted to include as like a as a shout out as well because it did so well, like sales wise, yeah. they they killed it. Um, yeah. It was like the Super Bowl. Um, so, but just a huge shout out, I guess, to Capcom overall um, yeah. in terms of what they've what they've done this generation and how they've completely rebuilt themselves. We yeah. have Resident Evil Eight to look forward to. I'm gonna be playing. Resident Evil 7 at some point it's constantly on sale I'd like yeah. to, to catch up on that play that yeah. and then jump into 8 when that comes don't, out don't sleep on 3 too like yeah no I'd like to get into it's that it's smaller as well. um, but it's a, it's a really fun game um, yeah yeah so that's that's just something about this generation that was just like so beautiful is just kind of this this revisiting of uh, things from from years ago mm-hmm 
And just coming back now that gaming is huge and just hitting them with these crazy budgets and kind of just creating these versions of these games that just feels like this is what it was meant to be. Like, yeah. like that, that police station, it's just, it's crazy like going around and exploring that. And like, it's just, it's so faithful to those original like pre-rendered um, environments. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, so like... Hmm? I remember I didn't have like that much faith too in this. Uh, if you remember, like they announced... Well, yeah. Like, oh, we're making Resident Evil 2, we're remaking it. And it we didn't hear about it for, like, years, if you remember. And yeah, it was, so, like, before 7 came out, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah like, we were both sure it was cancelled. <laughs> yeah, we, we were yeah. sure. Like, it didn't look good, but then they suddenly unveiled it at a PlayStation event, uh, I think, in 2018, E3 mm -hmm. 2018 PlayStation. Um, they just completely unveiled it with this trailer. Like, here's the first look, and also here's a full trailer at it. Um, and that trailer just blew me away. Like, that was yeah. what caught me. That was what got yeah, me on board. Uh, so I yeah. picked this up on, on the first day. Um, yeah. Sorry, I may have interrupted your train of thought there. <laughs> no, no, it's totally fine. Um, yeah, no, I just, I just, I just love that, that companies are kind of paying homage to the the greats of the 90s um yeah and yeah that's just what brings me to easily the most significant event <laughs> of my life of, of, no. <laughs> of, in, probably in like my in terms of video games like in terms of my life it's been something i've been waiting for honestly like the majority of my 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 life um mm -hmm. a remake for final fantasy 7 came out this yeah. year like that's like it's just crazy um I, they took you know midgar and made it into one game and you know we're waiting for the next part i i think i can confidently say that no other game ever will ever get this treatment like just this amount of like an expansion to what it is like they're, they're taking this super beloved RPG from the 90s and expanding it to the point where we're getting, like, not one, but not even two, probably, like, several games. Um, yeah. And just the scale of this remake. Like, I, I don't think this will ever happen again. Um, the fact that they're in studio, too. Remember when, I think we had a bet, you said that there would be no like in-game advertising and I, told I, I you. think yeah <laughs> i remember i was like oh there's gonna be something there's gonna be at no. least like one thing there's, there's gonna be nothing. a cup noodle yeah there's nothing yeah. at all yeah this game is in my opinion just like a masterpiece like yeah it's got some flaws it's got some ugly doors um and it has a super super divisive ending and uh that's just in my opinion, though, it's 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 Square coming back. Um, Square Soft was my favorite company uh, growing up, and something weird happened. Like, as I got older, and we got into a weird point of time when you know, we had games like Final Fantasy Thirteen coming out, and like Final Fantasy lost its name. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't what it used. It yeah, wasn't it good wasn't anymore. Good. Yeah. It was it was mediocre and mm -hmm. that really hurt um and it just feels like square now you know they've got 
14, which is insanely good. They've got these crazy little niche or like more niche titles like Near. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah, they've, they've brought Final Fantasy 7 back and it's it's my favorite thing of all time and it's relevant now for an ongoing period of like who knows like eight years i don't know yeah There's people are talking about it moving forward yeah people are still discussing the ending like it's just i am yeah. so overjoyed it's i think uh, i i told you too like it it feels good seeing like um when you see people like cosplaying as final fantasy 7 characters again like that that brings a joy to your heart because it's like this used to be like <laughs> like no one no one would dress up as like a final fantasy character in like uh, or as a final fantasy 7 character in like 2012 or something like that or maybe some people did but like yeah you go like cosplay that, events and there'd be some yeah. people, but this is like a lot of people now like yeah, people are yeah. talking about final fantasy 7 again yes yeah. And the craziest thing is, like, people are excited about Final Fantasy VII and like yeah, discussing it's on what's going to happen next. It's just, mm. I'm just, it could, it could only be this my number one pick. Like, yeah, it was never going to be anything else. <laughs> I had a feeling we've yeah. do, we've discussed it at length too. Uh, go yeah. and, and check our our first few episodes of the Full Party White podcast. You can listen to our full thoughts on Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, it's mostly maybe. Dave's. It's mostly Dave's thoughts. <laughs> I was just. I was along for the ride. Um, yeah. Um, for me, I guess um, this is probably my number one as well. Even though I didn't rank them uh, mm-hmm. in the same way as you did, but this is probably the most significant game on the PS4 for me. I think it is for a lot of people. Uh, I bought a PS4 for this game. It's. It's Bloodborne. Uh, came out in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's most people like most people Bloodborne is pretty important to them if they've played it yeah. I feel um, this game is probably the most immersed I've ever felt in a game um, just it's it's crazy it's a crazy game um, I remember playing I guess like what what there's nothing I can say about Bloodborne that hasn't already be said been said, but um, if I'm talking about like what you know an area of the game that will always stick out to me, I think it it happened to you as well, Dave. But when you are trucking along and you get kidnapped in Bloodborne by the dudes with the bags, and they yeah. take you to um, technically the area is called like Yahar Ghul, the unseen village. But I think like yeah. the lamppost name is like the Hypogeon. Hypogeon yeah, and getting Gel. and getting kidnapped is not like it doesn't have to happen. Yeah, it doesn't have you to, to happen. You have to get killed this, by a specific NPC. Yeah, it's this optional. Like we've talked about our our you know our familiarity with the Souls franchise. We've played Demon Souls, Dark Souls getting transported to this area where you are in this haunting like evil area where there is music accompanying it and it's mm-hmm. not a hub area it's the first time in like a souls a souls born game where there's music accompanying this area where there are enemies and everything feels like it's a threat and there yeah. are pieces of lore just scattered around like when I went through that area for the first time, I don't think I've ever been so like tense and yeah, so like was, immersed. It was real panic. Like it was yeah. like it, it felt like what 
you see in like movies and stuff when like mm-hmm. you just dump some person that has no idea where they are out into this room like mm-hmm. they're just panicked like i wanted to pause the game and like take a little walk yeah but i couldn't because you can't pause yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i was going to say uh this is later on in the game but there was a moment where i did actually have to put the game down and uh take a walk i think i walked to like my closest Seven Eleven. Um, but there's a part where you are in the cathedral ward or it's like near the cathedral ward and if your insight isn't low enough you can enter into this room where there's a great one and he's just chilling on the ceiling uh, I guess for those who haven't played Bloodborne, Bloodborne sorry the, the great one is this giant cosmic being that's just this eldritch monstrosity and he's just chilling up on the ceiling and if you don't have enough of what the game calls it's like a type of currency in the game called insight which you just sort of gain over time if you don't have enough insight you can't see this guy just chilling on the ceiling but if you try to open up the door that he's guarding even if you can't see him he will grab you like this he's invisible to you he will grab you and he will lift you up to basically it's face i'm saying he it's an it it will grab you (laughs) and lift you up to its face where you can just see like its eyes and its disgusting like form and shape and it's just this gigantic thing it completely dwarfs like your minuscule player character and it it auto kills you like it it induces there's a status effect called like is it it's not panic. frenzy. Uh, it's frenzy. Frenzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just auto kills you. And yeah, and like I love it too because like yeah, if your insight's not high enough, you can't see it. But when it mm-hmm. kills you, you do. You get yeah. like, a little glimpse of it. Yeah, you get a, a small glimpse Oof. of it. And that's what happened to me. I couldn't see it, and I was I tried to open up this door, which is this has never happened in the Souls game up until this point. You try to open up this door, and you're just snatched by this thing, and it yeah. kills you. And I remember, like, having to put the controller down and just, like, take a walk because, like, I wasn't expecting anything like that. Um, That's super funny, dude. Yeah, there's, I guess, like, this is something that maybe if you've played Bloodborne a lot at this point, like, there was a point in this game's, like, around this game's release where we still weren't aware that it was going to go, like, full, like like Lovecraftian yeah Yeah, yeah. horror like we thought we were just getting like oh it's Van Helsing and we're gonna shoot dudes and werewolves with guns but that reveal that like this is more than you think it is um that was everything when that game came out Um, oh yeah that blew my mind too yeah I I, like lost some sleep about that reveal it was yeah yeah so cool I think, yeah, I mean, there's not much I can say that hasn't already been said, but I think it uh, is. I did have one thing I wanted to add, just on Mm -hmm. why I think it's so significant as well, is like, this was the first Souls-ish game after uh, Dark Souls 2. And like, like Dark Souls 2 is good, but it was a little bit of a dip in quality for me. And Mm -hmm. I was a little nervous, like, like, I was like, ooh, I love Dark Souls 1. Mm-hmm. And I and and Demon Souls, but like Dark Souls Two was kind of tired for me, like and and just not as well, not as polished, kind of. And I was like, ooh, maybe maybe they don't got it anymore. Um, yeah. 
but you're playing Bloodborne. It's like, oh, oh, okay, that's why. That's yeah. They they were making this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the A team. It's the A team. Yeah. Um, the combat took some getting used to at first, but it quickly became like I think a lot of people. It, it's funny because like the combat was so new at first, and then when Dark Souls Three came out after Bloodborne, people were like. How am I going to go back to Dark Souls three after this? So true. Which yeah, which so we true. did, which we did, but yeah. like, yeah. you know, it, it's funny how we were afraid of something because it's different, and now it's like, for many people, I think Bloodborne stands out as their favorite in the franchise, and I think yeah. that that really says a lot. There is a reason why people are still clamoring for like a PC version of this yeah, game or a sequel. Yeah. Yeah, or a sequel. I you're <laughs> hoping for a sequel. Um, as yeah, much as I, though, yeah, as much as I would like to see Bloodborne remain its own thing, its own thing, its own singular game, like a sequel would be crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, so yeah, that was a little bit about the games that meant the most to us this generation. Cozy reflections, yeah, on the on the PS5 or PS4, and yeah. well, I guess just the generation in general, but I guess I picked two ps4 games <laughs> yeah yeah mostly yeah. ps4 games well we yeah. played on ps4 for most of this generation but um yeah yeah um no that was a lot of fun um looking forward to the next gen hopefully we'll get more news about you know the the upcoming xbox and the playstation 5 this month because we're now in the month of august mm-hmm we still don't have a price tag on either of those but you know i was thinking to myself like what's the big rush what's what's why are we rushing into a price tag yeah we're not going to remember it anyway we're not going to remember what these these price tags are you know five years from now unless it's you know the oh no yeah i just the the, the hairs on the back of my neck just stood up i'm sweating and that brings me to uh this week's random encounter um we're gonna play uh the price is right uh, <laughs> okay. I've made this a little bit easy for you. This isn't completely unfair. Um, so I have here 10 console launch day price tags. I'm going to give you the price tag, Dave. Um, okay. So you don't have to worry. I'm going to give you the price tag. These price tags are going to be listed, uh, you know, manufacturer's suggested retail price in USD. Uh, so we're looking at U.S. dollars here. So don't okay. bring your don't bring your Canadian dollars here. Gotcha. Um, I'm gonna give you the price tag, and then I'm gonna give you two consoles. Okay. And I want to know: is it the price tag for console number one, number two, or both? Did they have okay. the same price tag? Okay. I'm gonna bomb this. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Right. So I'm gonna throw you a softball at first. This is an easier one to start off with. Five hundred and ninety-nine U.S. dollars. <laughs> was this the PlayStation Three, or the PlayStation Four, or both? This <laughs> is the PlayStation Three. Five hundred ninety-nine yeah. U.S. dollars. Of course, yeah. So it was. That's correct. That's a point. That's a point for you. You're one and zero. Oh. That was a softball. That was just to explain the format there for you. Yep. Okay. Great. It's gonna get harder. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Um, also, I should mention that, um, you know, in, in fairness to you, the majority of these consoles, like 99% of these uh, existed in your lifetime, uh, or at least during a time when you were probably 
interested in gaming. So, okay. you know, hopefully these are fair. Question two. $89.95 US dollars. Was that the Game Boy Color or the Game Boy? Oh, God. Or both? $89.95. Game Boy Color, Game Boy, yep. or both? I think... Oh, how many years are between those? I think that this was both. This was the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. Shoot, was eighty nine ninety five. <laughs> how much was the color? Do you know? It was sixty nine ninety nine. It was actually cheaper. That's insane. That's a really yeah. good price. Yeah, Ooh. no, that surprised me too. So you're one and yeah. one. It's tricky. It's a okay. trickier one. Yeah, um, right. yeah. Okay. One one. Question three. <laughs> Question three, one hundred and ninety nine U.S. dollars. Was that the PlayStation One, the N sixty four, or both? One hundred and ninety nine U.S. dollars. Damn, dude. I guess too. Like you got to count for inflation. But like these these things are so cheap. Yeah. By today's standards. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling. I think that this was just the PS1. I think the N64 was more expensive than that. So this was the N64, actually. No. <laughs> this one, this one's, this one's interesting to me. So the N64 was one ninety nine. The PlayStation yeah. One was two ninety nine. Isn't that That's like insane. crazy? Yeah, because the PlayStation One did way better. <laughs> <laughs> like the N64 still did well, but the PlayStation One would like it costs more, so huh. that's yeah. Yeah, I never. Oh, but didn't N64 games cost a lot though? I think I, they did. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Okay, all right, bring it on. Number four, on, baby. They were in cards. I'm coming. I'm coming so, back. Yeah, you're you're one and two, but you've still got a chance to catch up. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> next one, the price tag, two hundred and forty nine ninety nine. It's hard to say these. 24999. Was that the PlayStation Portable, the PlayStation Vita Wi-Fi version, or both? So if you that's correct. Yes, it was both. That's correct. Yeah, you got it. I own both of these. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, it's both. Um, I forgot about this, but when yeah, when the Vita was announced, it was like, oh, that was the same price as the PSP launch. Yeah, um, so the and, 3G version too. Yeah, and it was fifty dollars more. It was two ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, so you could yep. pay for 3G with amazing AT and T service. Yeah. Um, yeah, sign me up. So you're you're two and two, now. All right. Um, yeah, so question number five. <clears throat> 399 $399 US dollars. 39999 yep. Was that the Xbox 360 Premium, uh-huh. the Wii U Deluxe Set? So the Wii U had two. The Wii, ha- the Wii U had yeah, two yeah, yeah, SKUs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or both. That's a 360, that one. That's correct. Yes, the hey. Xbox 360 was uh, the premium, which came with the 20 gigabyte hard drive. That was 399.99. The Get that Wii sleek U Chrome disk drive. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, the um, the Wii U Deluxe set was 
349.99. So it was actually cheaper than the Xbox 360 Premium. Um, yeah, so you could get a, 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 a decked out Wii U for less than a 360 at launch. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, so you're three and two. Next up, mm-hmm. back to two forty nine ninety nine. So it's this price tag again. Two forty nine ninety nine. Was that the Nintendo 3DS or the PlayStation Two or both? 3DS. No. Yeah. Mm. That's the PS2. That's the PS2. Oh, like you. You had it. It was the 3D. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so it was. It was the 3DS. 3DS. 3DS was 2.49. PlayStation 2 was 2.99 at launch. Shoot! I. I. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'll yeah. bounce back. Okay, you were number very seven, close. On. <laughs> Are we three? Three and three. I we're think. Three and three. Three and three. Okay. I have confidence in this one. I think you've got this one. So, 199 again. 199 US <coughs> yep. dollars. Was that the Sega Dreamcast or the Game Gear? Why would you both? say I got this? This is <laughs> Dreamcast, this is, Game this Gear, is, or this both? Is, this is both. Like, I feel like the Game Gear was just stupid expensive. It was stupidly expensive, but that was the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> just it. the Dreamcast. The Game Gear was 149, so it was okay. stupidly expensive, but okay. the Dreamcast was uh 199.99. All right, all right. Um, so I gotta get fif- these next. Fifty dollar price tag difference. Um, if you remember the Dreamcast, uh, their whole marketing thing was it came out on 9.99 for 199. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, that was their whole thing. Um, yeah, Game Gear was. Uh, stupid expensive but not quite as expensive as that so we're three and four but you've got a few you've got a few here all right back to 299.99 was that the original xbox or the nintendo switch or both that's the original xbox because isn't the switch 249 because it's never had a price drop or is that the light? Oh no, it's okay, I'm locking it in. You're locking in Xbox? Xbox, baby. Locking in the Xbox, it was both. It was both, actually. <laughs> it was right, both. Right, because the light is 249. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, so it was, the Switch was 299 at launch. So was the All Xbox right. OG. Alright, I need to get these next, I assume there's 10 questions. Yes, there's ten. Gotta get there's these next two right. All right. I have confidence for uh, one of these. Okay. Uh, this one's this one this one's my favorite. Um, two ninety nine again. Two ninety nine. Was that the Wii, the Nokia N gauge, or both? Oh, brother. Two ninety nine. That's was gotta that... be both. That's gotta be both. Like, the Engage was a phone. And the it, oh wait, two ninety nine though for the for the Wii. Yeah, the yeah, Wii. I feel, I feel both. I feel both. I feel both. It was the Engage. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness! Think, How much was the Wii? 
So I think you were thinking of this on the previous question. The Wii was two forty nine ninety nine. Damn it! So the end okay. gauge, the end gauge cost more. At, I mean, again, adjusting for inflation, but that's still that's still more. <laughs> that's insane. The end like, was so shitty. Like yeah, yeah. The Sims. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go okay. down valiantly. Yeah, it's okay. I this one's uh maybe the trickiest one. But <laughs> one ninety nine. This is the last question. One ninety nine, mm-hmm. ninety nine. Was that the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, or both? Oh boy. This These is were the like, hardest one. This, this is, is like one of the most direct competitions I've ever seen ever in like yeah. gaming. Like Genesis, do what Nintendo. Yeah. I'm gonna say. This was the Super Nintendo. That's correct. Yeah. Do you know? I, I feel like the Genesis came out after, right? Yeah. Do you know how much cheaper? Do you know how much cheaper it was? <laughs> because is, of the way you said that, I'm gonna say like twenty dollars. Like, it was it was ten dollars cheaper. Okay. It was one eighty nine ninety nine. That's in, that's hilarious. Yeah, just like a ten dollar price cut. I'll, but, I will laugh so hard if, like, the PS5 does a similar thing. Yeah, it's just $10 <laughs> cheaper. $10 cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, We've undercut right. you. So I got 4 out of 10. I believe that means that I have died. Um, yeah, you've died. So please you've look incurred. forward to... We have done a full party wipe. Please look forward to a new host next week. Um, yeah. I'll be, I'll be yeah, gone. We're cutting Dave off after I'm not this. I'm here anymore. Yeah. Yep. Well... I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you know four four out of ten. It was it was a difficult quiz. There are a lot of numbers in there, so you did yep. better than I would have. Um, it was fun. Good. Yeah. Nice Price game. Thanks right. for preparing that. Yeah. No um, worries. Yeah. I believe that there's a way for our uh, listeners to submit games. If yeah. Want. If you would like to submit better games than I can prepare. Uh, please go ahead and send us an email. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer to on the show um, or games you'd like us to play, you can go ahead and email us at fpwshow at gmail.com. Also, Dave's going to be on Twitch, um, probably streaming more uh, Void Bastards or I'm gonna something. I'm going to be on tonight. Yeah, going to be on later we lost, today. We lost Stevens. We lost uh, Woods. I don't know who's <laughs> next, but... It's going to be a hell of an adventure, so look forward to it. Yeah, you got to tune in to find out. That's how you get them. That's how you get them into the show. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can you can tune into that on the, at twitch.tv slash fullpartywipe. So yeah, thank you very much for listening this week. Next week, we're going to be talking about more stuff, more video games, more of what has been boosting us, more of what we've been playing. And I'm sure we're going to have a big discussion next week about something or another as well. Um, So, yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.